Hello, everyone. I like, oh, sorry. I like how I have like a cage to preach in here. There's these spikes coming off the bottom. It's, it's exciting. Um, good morning, everyone. I am so honored uh, to be able to be here with you today and to open up God's word. Um, as Pastor Greg said earlier, um, my name is Andrew Pasek, and I am the youth and young adults pastor here. Uh, which means that I get to hang out with one of the absolute best demographics ever, teenagers. They're awesome and super fun, and they keep me going and guessing and running all over the place, uh, and then started working with 20-something-year-olds, and it is just, I, I'm a lucky guy. Like, my job is awesome. And on top of that, um, I'm also uh, currently in seminary at uh, Calvin Seminary up in Grand Rapids. I do a distance program about halfway through, uh, working on getting my Master's of Divinity. Um, so if you take both of the statements that I just said, I really like to read theology and play dodgeball. Um, and those mix together somehow. Um, so as you guys have been hearing this morning, we are entering into a season around here that we call the season of gratitude. We work through all of the month of November uh, looking at what it means to truly be grateful. We look at what it means to truly uh, love God with thankful hearts. I have to say this time of year is one of my absolute favorites. We get to have fun with friends, fun with family, and fun with food, Right? It's amazing, all the food that we get. I mean, when else do you have the, the big turkey dinner, but then all the sides that come along with it? Like, it's just stuffing, potato. It's, I love it. I love it dearly. But one of the things that we also focus on, besides food and fun and friends and family, is we focus on, during this time of year, just how thankful we are. How thankful and how a thankful heart we find our motivation to serve our Lord and Savior. See, it's out of a grateful heart that our motivation flows and we show the world the love that God has for us. This is not out of obligation or guilt. We don't uh, love and we don't do what we're supposed to do as Christians because we have to. It's a we get to. It's out of thanks that we are going about doing what God has asked us to do. That motivation of our heart is thankfulness, not guilt. And one of those things that he asks us to do is love those people around us. So look to your left and your right. There's people next to you. God has asked us to love those people and to be thankful for those people that are around you. And through being thankful for those people around you, we get to show God's love and also receive God's love. And that's what we're going to look at in our text today. Our text comes from Psalm 133, and we're going to read it together. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew from Mount Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. The word of the Lord. So if you're like me, and you read these three verses, you read the first one, and the, the first verse is how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And you're like, all right, I'm tracking with that. How good it is to live in unity, all right? But then we go into verse two, 
And now we got oil running down our heads, off our beards, down our robe, right? We're talking about the dew of Mount Hermon being on Mount Zion. And this is somehow painting us a picture of what it means to truly live in unity because it's a blessing of God. And I, mean, I read this and I looked at it and I went, what is the psalmist talking about here? Because those things to me don't describe what I think of when I think of the blessings of unity. In our present context, in our day and age, those things don't communicate to me what this true grandness of living in unity is. It doesn't explain it, but I think that it does convey to us what we can think of when we think about this, the bigness of what it means to live in unity with one another. See, I think it describes some beautiful moments. I think it describes uh, moments that are just unbelievable. Moments that maybe you've had moments like this, looking outside at, at the beautiful nature that God has, or taking a walk, spending time with friends and family, and the time goes by, and it's been hours and hours, but you could spend just hours and hours more. Maybe it's receiving something out of the blue when it was just the exact thing that you needed. See, it's these moments that we have in life where our hearts overflow with thankfulness. It's moments where everything seems to fit together. And I think that's what the psalmist is getting at is this is what it means for everything to fit together. I remember one of these moments where I realized that this is just an awesome time to be in that moment. I have a picture of it on my phone that I carry around. It's one of my favorites, and I look at it all the time, but this is my family in our living room. And we took this photo because we were all goofing off and rolling around and just making a total disaster out of the whole room. And then all of a sudden, Eli yells, pile on dad. And because my family all thought that was a great idea, they all pile on top of me and they're falling off. And you can just see pure joy in this moment. We wound up taking this ridiculous picture because we couldn't stop laughing and we wanted to capture it. See, this is my Mount Hermon. This is my oil that's running down my head. It's when time stood still because the joy that was inside of me and inside of my family just bubbled up and overflowed. Each one of us have moments that we can think about like this. And I want you to keep that in your mind, whatever your moment is, where joy overflows, where you realize things were fitting perfectly together, when you had an overflowing heart. Because this is what I believe the psalmist is getting at when he's describing what it's like to lean into unity that we find in the body of believers. It is this idea of overflowing joy, overflowing thankfulness. And so today I want to ask the question with you here. How do we get to live a life where our heart is overflowing? See, I believe that this first verse here tells us exactly how we live this kind of life. By leaning into unity with one another. Not creating it, it's already there. We were reminded of in Ephesians. But leaning into what it means to live in harmony and unity with each other. And when I think about what this is, I want to explain. Um, so the youth group, we have some crazy ideas sometimes. Um, and uh, we host this event called Friendsgiving. And Friendsgiving came about to be, uh, this is 
a picture of what it looks like, came about to be because I was sitting there about six years ago in that room, that's my living room, and I looked at my wife and I said, hey, hon, want to invite the whole youth group over for uh, Thanksgiving dinner? And she goes, yeah. And I was like, cool. And I hit send on an email that went out to 250 people. My wife is a saint because she's like, yeah, let's do that, <laughs> and goes along with it. So thank you, honey, for supporting my ideas. Um, but what ended up happening is we wound up getting people to come to our house, and we have this huge Thanksgiving dinner, all right? So last year, we had over 60 people, uh, or somewhere right about there in our house. And we take all of the furniture on our first floor, and we shove it down in the basement, and then we set up folding chairs and tables. We use the same tablecloth every year, and we encourage students to write on there what they're thankful for. And then we eat all the food. Last year, I had to make two turkeys. I made a ham. Um, we always have somebody bring the traditional Thanksgiving pizza, because um, that's a thing. And if you don't have a pizza at your Thanksgiving meal, you're just not doing life right. But we sit and we talk, and we talk about what we're thankful for. And then at the end of the meal, we pack up the tables and we throw them out in our front yard because there's no room in my house for it. And we worship together. See, this is a picture of all of us standing there and worshiping. And we have the honor of having some incredible musicians come and, and the kids can throw out requests and we sing for like an hour. And it's so cramped and small inside my house, but we are, we're committed to doing it there because we're going to see what's going to happen. I mean, when the kids are jumping up and down during songs, you can feel the floor like bowing. But as they're singing and as we're stuck together, it gets so warm inside there that we have to open up all the doors and the windows to try and get some air in there. And as we do so, the worship floats out into my neighborhood and we get to share what God is to us and our worship of him to go out those doors. And as I stand there in this event and as I am experiencing this worship, I realize that this is what the psalmist must have been talking about with living in harmony and living in unity joining our voices together and singing out of the overflowing thankfulness in our hearts. I often tell people, this is what I imagine heaven to look like. I bring up Friendsgiving and I explain to you guys this whole thing because I believe that this is something that God wants us to experience with each other. He wants us to experience that type of unity. He wants us to experience that type of harmony, that fitting together with our hearts overflowing. And he doesn't want us to just experience one day a year or just on Sunday. He wants us to live that way of life. He wants us to live a life of thankfulness, a life where we are overflowing with gratefulness. I believe that we are leaning into living our lives in unity with one another when we are doing precisely, when we do this, we are doing precisely what God instructed his children to do. And I believe that we truly live in unity with one another when we are thankful for those around us. The reality is, though, is that we're broken. And it's hard to do this because we are broken people. But that doesn't mean we give up. See, we can see time and time again in the Bible people messing up, but God's still using them. We can see brokenness throughout it, but God's still loving them, caring for them, and encouraging them to live lives that are overflowing gratefulness. There's this beautiful 
statement made by Paul at the beginning of his letter, letter to the Philipp- yeah, to the Philipp- Philippians. <laughs> I can say that word. But it's this beautiful thing because Paul is writing to this church. And as he's writing to this church, he knows that he's writing to broken people. And he knows that he's broken himself. But as he writes to them, he's writing to them knowing full well that there's brokenness inside there. It's not any different than our church because there is brokenness that exists within here too. It's a part of life. But Paul says this in chapter 1, verse 3. He said, I thank God every time I remember you. Every time Paul thinks about that church, even though it's built up of broken people, he thanks God every time he remembers him. This is that overflowing thankfulness inside of us. And see, we as a community, us as a church, as members of one body, need to learn how to be thankful for each other. We are not naturally bent to do this. Mostly, if you look around the world, they're really selfish. And most thank yous and most thankfulness comes out of getting something. Either someone giving you something or doing something from you, and that's what motivates saying thank you. I mean, think about it in your own life. Hold your mirror up and think about how many times you said thank you this week. And how many of those times were you thankful for something you received or was done for you? Now, I'm not saying that we throw out the idea of saying thank you for those things, because we need to say thank you during those moments also. But I believe that we are called to a deeper kind of thanks, and that we are invited to live a life of that deeper thanks, a thankfulness that overflows out of our hearts, a thankfulness that motivates us. A thankfulness that looks at the people around you and says, wow, I am so thankful that you are in my life. A thankfulness that overflows out of us. I mean, think about it in this community, in this room right here, as we lift up our hearts to the Lord. Is there anything more beautiful than that? A thankfulness that is overflowing the heart because God loves you so much that his son died so that you might have life. And we need to learn how to say thank you and mean it from our hearts. We need to unlearn the selfish thank yous when we are only thankful because we're receiving something. And I think that this starts to happen when we realize that we are thankful for the person that God has created and not what they can do for us. When we are thankful for the people around us because we look at them and we see the image of God in them, not what their value is but instead who God created them to be. We lean into unity, which is a blessing according to this verse, when we are thankful for the person and not the thing. And I think it's interesting, if you look around, you can see examples of this happening in the world. There's this lovely little restaurant called Chick-fil-A. Anybody familiar? They serve delicious chicken, all right? And if you go there, not only is it amazing food, which I like the theme of food keeps on coming up in my, but it's not only delicious food, but actually you're like cared for and loved by the employees. They're thankful that you're there. I don't know if any of you have been to some other fast food chains, which we're not going to name names, but sometimes it seems like you're almost an inconvenience for being there. Like, oh, you're a customer, right? 
Whereas Chick-fil-A has in their DNA the importance of creating an atmosphere where there is grateful hearts and it's an atmosphere that's different because they care about you. I have to say, if Chick-fil-A can get this right, we as the church really got to go for it. Could you imagine what it would be like to live in a world like this where we're constantly thankful for each other? You can see here in our service what it looks like to have us lean into unity and care for one another in the way that they're playing their instruments. Because the reality is, is we're all different. They're playing different parts, but as those different parts are played, it comes together in this beautiful music. Their music is beautiful because they are bringing their different parts together as one. Don't we want this to be a part of our lives too? To be a part of a church that puts this into practice? How incredible it would be to worship alongside of people that are so thankful for who we are and who they are. What a sweet and beautiful offering that is to God. Or how awesome would it be to live in a family that's putting this into practice? Brothers and sisters not fighting but being so thankful that they have been given a sibling to live with and do life with. Children so thankful for their parents and parents that are so thankful that their kids care for one another. How about marriages that are built on our thankfulness for the other person? Or our friendships? What if our friendships were built on being thankful for that other person and not just what we can get out of that relationship? I'll tell you what, we could do some amazing work in this world if each one of us just called one of our friends today and said, I'm just thankful for who God created you to be. I mean, how much better would the work week be if we were thankful for the job that we have rather than dreading another Monday? Bosses, how awesome would it be if you were to look at your employees and be thankful that they showed up to support the business rather than thinking about ways that you can get more out of them? Or how much better would school be, right? All right, all the young people. How much better would school be if we had a thankful heart that we had the opportunity to learn and grow? As students, that we are thankful for the teachers that are there to guide and direct our learning and not just out to get us. Teachers, how amazing would it be to be so thankful that you have the opportunity to shape lives of the students that you teach and each challenge only becomes another opportunity to exercise your creativity. What I'm describing is living a life that overflows with thankfulness. And this type of living becomes contagious. People catch it because it's this overflowing of thanks and it spills out into our communities and people catch on and they take notice. And to the all seriousness, you want to reach the people around you in your world for Christ? Be incredibly thankful for them and show them how thankful you are and they will end up asking why you're different in such a good way. And it's going to open that door. Here's where the reality of all this comes in. As Christ followers, as Christians, we have no other choice than to be thankful. Christ came to this earth and lived with us and among us to teach us how we are to live and how we are to act. And then he paid the ultimate debt, the debt of our sins, because we are all sinners. 
And Jesus paid our debt so that we might be restored back into right relationship with God. And the spirit that raised him from the dead is alive in each and every one of us. And that same resurrection power is what sustains us as we live thankful lives. The power gives us the ability to enjoy a relationship with God. And I tell my students this every single time we get together. I tell them that they are loved and that there is no more important thing that I can communicate to them but that they are loved and they are loved by the one true God that created the very ground that we walk upon for the express purpose of having a relationship with us. Even though that relationship was broken by sin, Jesus paid it all for us. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us to do a good work in the world around us. Here's the truth. If that's not enough to overflow your heart with thankfulness, if that is not enough to overflow your heart with thankfulness, there is nothing in this world that ever will be. You are loved by God in an amazing and an incredible way. And he asks us to join him and to join each other as we live in unity, as all things fit together. It's a blessing to be able to do that with hearts that overflow with thankfulness. Not having to do this Christian life, but getting to do it. Not having to follow a bunch of rules, but having the opportunity to live a thankful life following after Christ. Will you pray with me? God, we are so thankful for you, for sending your son to be a sacrifice for our sins, for raising him to life that we might also be raised to new life in you. God, we are so thankful for your spirit that is here with us today and that gives us the power to live thankful lives. Help us to love those around us with a supernatural love that only you can give. In your mighty and your precious name we pray.